0: Best of all long cigarettes brings you Dragnet. You're a
1: detective sergeant. You're assigned a robbery detail. For three months, you've been tracking a pair of hold-up men. There's no pattern to their operation. They're young. They're brutal. Your job. Stop them. You'll be amazed when you compare Fatima with other long cigarettes. You'll find they now cost the same. But in Fatima, the difference is quality. You see, Fatima is the quality king-size cigarette because it contains the finest Turkish and domestic tobaccos superbly blended. And Fatima is extra mild with a much different, much better flavor and aroma than any other long cigarette.
0: So compare Fatima yourself. Fatima's now cost the same as other long cigarettes, but your first pup will tell you...
2: Ah, that's different.
0: Yes, in Fatima,
1: the difference is quality. Ask your dealer for Fatima. For quality, king-size cigarette. Best of all long cigarettes. Start enjoying Fatima tomorrow.
0: <laughs> Drag ...the documented drama of an actual crime. For the next 30 minutes in cooperation with the Los Angeles Police Department... ...you will travel step by step on the side of the law... ...through an actual case transcribed from official police files. From beginning to end... ...from crime to punishment... ...DragNet is the story of your police force in action.
3: It was Sunday, March 3rd. It was raining in Los Angeles. We are working the night watch out of robbery detail... My partner's Ben Romero. The boss is Harry Didion. Captain O'Reilly. My name's Friday. I was on the way back from the neighborhood bakery shop, and it was eight forty-five a.m. when I got to Collis Avenue, number forty-six fifty-six. Joe. Yeah. What happened? Wasn't the bakery open? Oh, yeah, it was open. I got the stuff right here. Oh, you have any raisin bread? Yeah, right here. How about the butterhorns? No, they don't make those on Sundays anymore. I got bear claws instead. Okay, well, let's get this stuff open. Okay. All right, here we are. Where do you keep your eggs? In the refrigerator, right over there. Uh-huh. Find them? Yeah, I got them. You no, know, Joe, I don't like to say anything, but I can't keep coming over here to your place every morning. Well, it was your idea. Nobody asked you. Yeah, but I know how you are. You don't know how to cook a decent breakfast for yourself. Is the coffee ready yet? Uh-uh. No, it's not perking yet. Hey, you sure there's nothing wrong with this pot? It's been on for ten minutes. Yeah, well, you forgot to plug it in. Oh, uh-huh. Now, let's see. Well, what do you want? Well, I better put the toast on. Do you always make the toast before you cook the eggs? Yeah. You remember yesterday, the toast was pretty cold. Oh, yeah, I right. I better hold off for a minute. Yeah. Scrambled eggs okay? Well, we had them yesterday. Oh, yeah, that's right. Is that the only way you know how to fix them? I know what you'd like. One of my Spanish almonds. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you say your mother was coming back? Well, oh, about three more days. Yeah, i will make a week, won't it? Yeah, that's right. Well, I guess I can work something out with Amy. Wife doesn't like me coming over here every morning like this. Well, I told you before, I can make out all right here. Oh, I know how it is. You think you're imposing. You'd be lost without your can opener. Say, is this, uh, um, whether years is going to take very long? We haven't got very much time, you know. I'll have it on your plate and a jiffy. What time are we supposed to see those victims? 9.30 at the county hospital. Where's your tomato? In the refrigerator. Oh, uh uh-huh. Yeah, 23 jobs in three months. Those guys really move, don't they? Yeah. Hmm. Nice tomatoes, Joe. That Hollenbeck job last night. Vicious punks. Yeah, there's no reason to work the old man over the way they did. What'd the doctor say? Well, he's gonna get over it all right, but they kicked out all of his front teeth. He's 50 years old. Same M.O., every job are you going to peel those? No, skins are good for you. Now, uh, you got a nice big Bermuda? Hmm? Bermuda onion. Oh, yeah, I'll get you one. Kids, 1920 year old stick-up artists. Knock a man's census for a half a dollar. Robbing, slugging, kicking their way around the city. Yeah. This will be one bunch I'll be glad to catch up with. Here's your onion. Good. Well, now wait a minute. You're going to peel that, aren't you? And lose half the flavor. I don't know. I always peel them. I see. There now. Now mix the whole works together. You're going to put it in that pan on the stove, there. Yes, sir. Looks pretty hot, doesn't? It? It's smoking. Joe, that's the way you cook a Spanish omelet: hot, fire, and fast. Into the pan. The whole trick in making a good Spanish almond is you got to work fast. Yeah. Where are all those little brown flakes on the top there? Oh, the onion skins. No, I don't know. That doesn't look right to me. Wait till you taste it. i got it. Righty talking.
4: Elton Young, Joe. Romero there with you. Yeah, he's here. You two are supposed to see those robbery victims at the county hospital this morning, aren't you?
3: Yeah,
4: at 9.30. cancel that out. Gonzalez and Powers are covering on that. Yeah, how come? Just got the call. South Grand and Colonial 211 on slugging. Same description. (laughs) Looks like the kid bandits.
3: All right, we'll get right on it.
4: It's a newsstand near the corner.
3: Right. Bye. Look at that, Joe. I just took it out of the pan. Yeah. Best Spanish army I ever made. That's too bad not going to have time to eat it. 8.55 a.m. We left the house and drove to the scene of the holdup, one door from the corner of South Grand and Colonial Avenue. The victims were Mr. and Mrs. John Wilden, proprietors of a small newspaper and soft drink stand just off the intersection. Mrs. Wilden was being carried to a waiting ambulance when we got there. She was unconscious. From her forehead to her chin, her face was a swollen mass of welts. Her nose had been broken and she had fractures of the jaw and cheekbone. Her husband, John Wilden, age 56, had a single bruise on his forehead over his left eye. We questioned him after the ambulance attendants gave him first aid. His description of the hold-up men tallied almost perfectly.
4: One was a redhead, another one had dark hair. Both about the same height. I'd say as tall as you are, officer. Righteous,
3: Joe. Kid Bennett. Yeah. Had you ever seen either one of these men before, Mr. Wilden? Around the neighborhood, maybe? No,
4: I never did. I don't know why they picked on Madeline and me for a hold-up. We'd never been robbed before. Just got this little hole in the wall here. Don't see how it could look worthwhile to any crook. You usually open up this early on Sunday morning? Oh, yeah. Sunday's one of our big days, you see. We handle all the Sunday papers. You get our big trade from the people going to church up the street there. St. Joseph's? Yes, sir, I see. After the church lets out, most of the people head down this way. We pick up the Sunday papers. We sell about 15, 20 papers after every Mass. It's a nice little business, you know. We close up after 12.15.
3: Well, when did the holdup take place? Can you remember that, sir?
4: Well, I'd say 8.30, a few minutes after. I went down to the Athens Cafe down the street there. I wanted to get some change. I left Madeline here to handle the counter. Madeline, that's my wife. Yes, sir. And when I got back, she wasn't behind the counter. I took a look behind here and saw her cash box laying on the cement there, empty. And I didn't know what to think.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: What did you do then? Well, I push through this door here. It's a little dinky storeroom just back at the counter. It's where we keep our supplies, candy, and soda water.
3: Right, so you mind if we take a look, sir?
4: No, not at all. Come right ahead. Mm-hmm. You see, when I came in, first thing I saw was Madeline. That's my wife, and she was lying there on the boards, moaning, had her hands over her face. The two young fellows are standing over her. Both had guns.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, what did they do when they saw
4: you? When they grabbed me and asked for money. I told them I didn't have any. I began to holler for help. One of them slugged me with his gun, and then they ran out. Still a little shaky. You mind if I sit down? And... Go ahead, sir.
3: And... Oh, here.
4: Let me get this box for here, you. Thank
3: you. Say, I wonder if we could get you some water, maybe a cold drink from the cooler. Oh,
4: no, no. But you'll find a half pint behind those cases over there, a little brandy I keep put away. Oh, uh, Over here. Yes, that's right. Behind those cases. Uh, I don't usually drink on Sundays. This is an exception, I guess.
3: Here you are, Mr. Wilder. What's that on the floor there, Ben? No near your foot there. Where'd oh, I see. Oh, the lights are not very good. Oh, it's a book of matches. Yeah. Are these yours, Mr. Wilder? These
4: matches? No, I don't carry them. Well, your wife's, I guess, huh? I don't think so. Neither one of them smoke.
3: What's that ad printed on the back here? Uh, you? Big Ten Café, steaks, chop, short orders, open all night, West Pico. Do you handle cigarettes and cigars here, sir? No, sir. Uh, uh,
4: Candy, soft drinks, newspapers, that's all.
3: Mm. Oh, uh, inside of the matchbook cover, Joe. I'm scribbling on it. Mm. George Bell, S. Cameron, Fifth and Alameda. Uh, Do you recognize this at all, Mr. Wilder?
4: Big Ten Café... No, I've never been
3: there. Now, how about the names here, inside the cover?
4: George Bell, S. Cameron. No, i never heard of them. Well, when you first came in here, Mr. Whitman, do you remember where the holdup men were standing? Oh, not too well. Uh, well, one was over there, and one was over there, I think.
3: Could be, Joe. One of them might have dropped it. Mm-hmm.
4: Trace them from that matchbook? Do you think that's possible? I don't know yet. How would you trace them that way? An analysis? Some kind of scientific work? No, sir. Legwork.
3: 9.28 a.m. We called Layton Fingerprints. As soon as they arrived, we dropped Mr. Wilden off at Georgia Street Receiving Hospital to see his wife. Ben and I drove back to the office. We had the crime report typed up and got out a supplementary broadcast on our original APB. We asked Frank Cunningham and R&I to run the names George Bell and S. Cameron through the files for a possible mate. We checked with a restaurant advertised on the cover of the matchbook. The Big Ten Cafe. The manager of the cafe failed to recognize either the names on the matchbook or the descriptions of the hold-up men. 9.52. We check back in at the office. I'll get it. Robert Romero. Yeah, Frank. Uh-huh. Uh-huh, yeah. Good, right. Thank you. Cunningham? You got a make on the name George Bell. Another one for Sam Cameron. Both of them run together. Got long juvenile record. Good. Really? You got an address on him? Yeah. Won't be hard to run down. What do you mean? Main jail. Five days before, George Bell, a laborer, and Samuel Cameron, a part-time jewelry salesman, had been booked at the main jail on charges of being drunk and disorderly. The day after his arrest, Cameron was bailed out. Bell was still in the drunk tank. Ben and I went down to the main jail and talked to him. He didn't fit the description of either of the bandits. It was very cooperative... But he stated that he'd been very drunk and he couldn't remember too much. Just don't know, Sergeant. Sam and I went out and the tide went on. When I came to, we were here in the drunk tank. You have no idea at all how your name's got on this match I'm trying to think. we pretty well heated up, Sam and me. That's another thing, that dirty Sam. What do you mean? You got the friend of his to come up here and bail him out. Think he would do anything for me? No. I bought the liquor. He lets me sit here now. Dirty Sam. You think he might remember about that matchbook? I don't know. I'm disgusted with him. If you see him, you can tell him that. Just let him know he's off my list. How about the address here on the matchbook, George? It says Fifth and Alameda. Doesn't that mean anything to you? Were you and Cameron hitting some of the spots around that area? No, we were messing around over in Dogtown. Didn't get down by Alameda at all. Well, we must have some tie-in for you. Fifth and Alameda? No. Only guy I know down there is Sanchez. Hey, wait a minute. Yeah, just a minute. Sanchez. Gus Sanchez, sure. I wanted to see Gus. I thought he'd put up bail for us. Yeah, go ahead. I got it now. I think I have anyway. It was the morning after I woke up here in the tank. Oh, a big head, you know. Really whipped. Mm hmm. First thing I thought I was out, I figured Gus Sanchez might pop for bail. Friend of mine, you know. Gus works at the at Fifth and Alameda. That's it. Well, how's it tied in? Now, uh, this other mooch is in the tank next to me. Somebody's spot bail for him, and he's getting out in an hour. So I asked him to call Gus for me, and he said he would. He wrote my name down, and he wrote down Sam's, too. Dirty Sam. And he took down Gus's address.
4: Yeah, 15 Alameda.
3: You remember what this man looked like when he took your name? Oh, let's see. No, everything was going around. He was, he was kind of tall, I don't know. Would you remember him if you saw him again? Guy did me a favor. I'd remember him. Not like that dirty Sam. Well, how about his name? Did he tell you that? No, I didn't ask him. I should have, huh? You sure about the day this man was released? Positive. The same day I came in, Tuesday. okay, Bell. Thanks very much. We'll be checking back with you. Yeah, all right. Hey, what about this guy? You got to pay for him. Well, maybe if he's the one we want. Yeah, what do he do? He lost his matches. Ben and I left the drunk tank and went down the hall to check with the officer in charge. We paged through the release book and found that seven men had been bailed out or discharged from the jail on the previous Tuesday. We went back to the record bureau and had them pull the mug shots on all seven men. Then we took the pictures back to the drunk tank and showed them to George Bell.
2: No. No.
4: No. Yeah, this one I think. Can't be sure. I think that's him.
3: George Bell attentively identified the mugshot of a Fred Gunther, WMA, 21 years old. Gunther had a previous record of grand theft auto, purse snatching, and drunk charges. His picture matched closely with the description of one of the suspects. 4 a.m., we contacted the Kid Bandit's most recent victim, John Wilden, at his home. We asked him to look at the same group of mugshots that we'd shown to George Bell.
4: Here. Here, this here. He's one of them. You sure, Mr. Wilder? He's the one who slugged me. Who is he? His name's Fred Gunther. Well, then you know him. You want me to identify him?
3: Yes, sir. When we find him.
0: You are listening to Dragnet. Authentic stories of your police force in action. Now, here's an authentic report from Fatima Cigarettes.
1: 1949, Fatima more than doubled its smokers coast to coast. 1950, another record-breaking year, with more long cigarette smokers insisting on Fatima quality than ever
0: before. In 1951, enjoy Fatima quality yourself. Yes,
1: friends, in Fatima, the difference is quality. Quality of tobaccos, the finest Turkish and domestic varieties, extra mild and superbly blended. To give you a much different, much better flavor and aroma.
0: Quality of manufacture. Smooth, plump cigarettes rolled in the finest paper money can buy.
1: Quality. Even to the appearance of the bright, clean, golden yellow package. Carefully wrapped and sealed to bring you Fatima's rich, fresh, extra mild
0: flavor. Compare Fatima yourself. Fatima's now cost the same as other long cigarettes... But your first puff will tell you...
2: Ah, that's different.
1: Yes, in Fatima, the difference is quality. Start enjoying Fatima quality yourself. Insist on Fatima, the quality king-size cigarette. Best of all long cigarettes.
3: Monday, March 4th, 9 a.m. We checked out the suspect, Fred Gunther. No trace of him at any of his previous addresses. We began checking with the other victims of the Kid Bandits. After a day and a half of legwork, we sat down and figured up the results. More than two thirds of the victims definitely tabbed Gunter as one of the holdup men. The next step was the Record Bureau. We had them pull the packages on every one of Gunter's known friends and associates. There were more than 30 of them. We had mug shots pulled on each one of them and made the rounds of the victims for the second time. Approximately half of the victims had singled out one picture as that of Gunther's partner in the holdups. We pulled the package on the man and checked his mama's sheet. His name was Harold Reimers, WMA, age 19. Previous record included car stripping and one charge ADW, no conviction. Friday, March 8th, we continued our check of the friends and associates known to the two suspects, Gunther and Reimers. We got nowhere. Two weeks passed. On March 23rd, we got a tip from an informant about a girlfriend of Fred Gunther's, a vocalist working at a downtown dance hall during intermissions. Long haul. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One more flight. Mm-hmm. Climb four flights of stairs and then they expect you to dance. Yeah. Well, I guess this is it. Yeah, yeah come on. Big enough floor, huh? Well, it shows a little wear. The place has been here for years. Look at those walls and that ceiling. Sure could use a fresh coat of paint. Is her name Stanley, is that right? Yeah, that's it. Uh, excuse me. Is your name Lorraine Stanley? Yeah,
2: that's right. Sweet Lorraine, that's my billing. You with the band?
3: No, we're police officers. would like to talk to you for a minute if we can
2: Sure, all right. I was just rehearsing a little. What's it about, officer?
3: Do you know a Fred Gunther, Miss Stanley?
2: Fred? Yeah, I know him. I used to be engaged to Fred. You
3: happen to know where he is now?
2: No, I don't. Guess I haven't heard from him in three, four months. Usually looks me up when I'm in town. Maybe he's sore about something. I don't know. Has he contacted you at all? Not since I got back from Bakersfield a month ago. I played 32 weeks in Bakersfield, the Ramble Inn. Sure he to leave. Nice place. Mm-hmm.
3: Where does Gunther stay in town? Do you happen to know that?
2: Used to be that hotel on South Flower. Called him there, but they said he moved. I used to like Fred a lot. Not enough to marry Bill.
3: Do you have any idea where he might have gone, where we could contact
2: him? No, I really don't. Nothing wrong is you, about Fred and I me. Mean... No,
3: it's just a routine investigation. We'd like to talk to him.
2: Well, what's it about? Can you tell him?
3: It's a robbery investigation. We want to locate Gunther. Do you happen to know any of his friends here in the city?
2: No. Maybe that's why he didn't call. He's in trouble.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Robbery? Is
3: that it? Well, we just, like, talk to him, that's all.
2: Well, if he's done something wrong, I'm not going to hide him. I can't afford to get mixed up in it. I've got a career to think about. I've worked too hard to throw it away.
3: Well, how about the places Gunther usually visits, Miss Stanley? Bars, restaurants. You know any of those?
2: Yeah, I remember a few. I'm given the names of the life. Poor Fred. I hope he didn't do it for me. Ma'am? Fred says he's in love with me. I don't know he thinks I want money. Maybe that's why he's doing it. I told him, but he never believed me. All I want is my career.
3: Well, do you think the gutter might come around here to see you?
2: Probably. He usually does when I'm in town.
3: How about where you're living?
2: I'm staying at a different hotel this trip. He doesn't know where he is. Poor Fred. He's going to be awfully disappointed.
3: Hmm? How do you mean?
2: Oh, he said he was going to get money and buy a ring. He's going to marry me this time. Poor Fred. Poor Fred. This is my new theme, officer.
3: you like it? Uh-huh. Just one more thing, Miss Stanley. If Gunther contacts you by phone, will you be sure and let us know?
2: All right, I'll do that. It's your beautiful theme, isn't it? Piano player Bakersfield, he wrote it for me. Uh, yes, ma'am. Oh, Fred understands. I don't want to hurt him, but I can't marry him. How do I make him understand? How do I explain
3: it? I don't think you'll have to, ma'am. <laughs> Before we left Lorraine Stanley, we told her that if Gunther should contact her, not to tell him that she'd talked with us. Stakeouts were placed on the dance hall where she worked and at the hotel where she was staying. Gunther's known hangouts were also covered. The next night, the kid bandits were back in business. They hit twice, a liquor store on Franklin Avenue and a tavern on South Flower. Gunther and Reimers were again identified as the two suspects. The stakeouts continued. The search went on. Four days later we got a tip from the proprietor of a shoe shine stand on West Temple that Gunther's partner, Harold Rymers, had been seen entering a small hotel up the street from his stand. We drove over and checked with the desk clerk. He identified Rymers' mugshot. He told us that the suspect wasn't in, but that he was expected back that night. Ben and I went on stakeout in his hotel room. Seven PM. Rymers failed the show. Getting a little hungry, Joe. You? Yeah. What time you got now? Uh twenty after seven. Stomach's starting to growl. And hey, what's that, a parade? Well, I don't think so. Let's see. Oh, it's the Salvation Army band. Oh, yeah, Saturday night. Might as well check the office, huh? See if we can't get a relief. Yeah. Would you get me Michigan 5211, please? Michigan 5211. Yeah, we'll pay for it. Thanks. Would you close the window, George? A little noise. Yeah, okay. Okay. Robbery, please. Yeah, Young, this is from Merrill. How's that? You sure? Okay, thank you. Gunther and Reimers, they pulled a hold up down South Main. When? 20 minutes ago. Gunther got away. Yeah. They got Reimers. 7.45 p.m. Ben and I got back to the city hall and went to the interrogation room. Together with Young and Carr from robbery, we tried to question the suspect, Harold Reimers. We talked to him for over an hour. He refused to tell us anything. We took him to the main jail where he was booked on 211 PC, 9:15 p.m. We went back to the office. Gunther. Robbery, Romero. Just a minute. For you, Joe. Okay, thanks. Friday, talking.
2: Sergeant, this is Lorraine Stanley. Yeah, Miss Stanley. I'm over at work, the dance hall. You remember?
3: Yes, ma'am. Anything wrong? Well,
2: Fred just called me, Sergeant. I told the officers here. Fred Gunther.
3: Yes, ma'am. Where is he? Did he say?
2: said was he wanted to see me. Yeah? He said he was
3: coming right over. 9.25 p.m. We called the men on stakeout at the dance hall and alerted them. Elton Young, Ben and I got in the car and drove over. We checked with the detail on stakeout. Gunther hadn't been spotted, but because of the large crowd entering and leaving the dance hall, it was possible that he could have gotten in unnoticed. We talked to the Stanley girl. She hadn't seen or heard anything further from the suspect. Ben and I staked out in her dressing room where Gunther said he'd meet the girl. It was a small converted storeroom at one end of the dance floor just behind the bandstand. Lorraine Stanley was on during the intermission. We waited. What have you got, Neil? Almost 10.30. This guy must feel pretty sure of himself. He pulls a robbery, he's almost picked up, and three hours later he makes a date to show in a public play. He hasn't shown yet. I'm not too sure about that Stanley girl. How do you mean Well, if she's that big an attraction for him. This is the only way out, huh? Besides that fire escape off the alley. Yeah, Young's covering the alley. Come on.
4: Down here, Joe! He got by me. He's up the
3: alley behind one of those trucks. He can't go far. It's a dead end. Stay here, Young, and cut him off.
4: You all right? Yeah, he slugged me, knocked me down. I didn't see him in the dark. Come on, Ben.
3: Yeah. Easy, huh? you so dark. Yeah.
4: Watch it behind that truck. Hey, Kroon, I'm coming out. Watch it, Joe. I missed him. Coming at you, Young. Don't shoot. Don't shoot. All right, stand still. You want
3: to stay with him, Young we will call in. Yeah, right. All right. Closest place to that little cafe off the alley to the left. Thanks. Come on, Ben. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. I guess they got a phone inside. Come on. Wait a minute. As soon as we get Gunter downtown, we're going to come right back here. Four, four. Take a look at that fry cook in the window there. Yeah? What about it? That fella makes a Spanish almond exactly like I did.
4: (laughs)
1: was true. Only the names were changed to protect the innocent.
0: On July 19th, trial was held in Superior Court, Department 86, City and County of Los Angeles, State of California. In a moment, the results of that trial. Now, here is our star, Jack Webb.
3: Thank you. Friends, if you're a long cigarette smoker like I am, remember, in Fatima, the difference is quality. Now, believe me, this difference is mighty important. So important that you'll always remember the first pack of Fatimas that you buy. Fatima's fast-growing popularity backs me up on that. But look, you can prove it to yourself by getting a pack of Fatimas tomorrow. You'll find that they now cost the same as other long cigarettes. And your first pack will convince you to go right on smoking them. Join me and the new thousands who enjoy Fatima's extra mildness. Fatima's rich, better flavor and aroma. You'll discover what all we Fatima smokers know. In Fatima, the difference is quality.
0: Fred Gunther and Harold Reimers were tried and convicted on several counts of robbery and assault. They received sentences as prescribed by law. And they're now serving their terms in the state penitentiary. You have just heard Dragnet. A series of authentic cases from official files. Technical advice comes from the Office of Chief of Police W. H. Parker, Los Angeles Police Department.
1: Fatima Cigarettes, best of all long cigarettes, has brought you Dragnet portions transcribed from Los Angeles. We the People is next with stories of today on NBC.